Well, this morning we're going to take a look. It is morning. This is our morning service. What's wrong with y'all? We're just doing the morning service at nighttime. But this is our mo- we, we took a vote. We said it was going to be our morning service at nighttime. Trying to catch me. <laughs> Glory to God. Matthew chapter 2. We're going to take a look at the story of the wise men. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now we've talked about the wise men before. Daniel was a part of this group. And the reason that they were looking at all was because of Daniel. It seems, though, that Daniel got some kind of revelation a little different from what he put in his book because he passed on something to these guys that made them specifically look for something, some type of a sign that would occur and that would speak to them that the time is now and that Jesus is born. And without any announcement, these folks left their home in the east and made a long journey to the Jewish nation to see who was born king of the Jews. That's an act of faith right there. You've heard about this for a long time. You've heard about it. You've heard about it. You've heard about it. And then you see this star, and on the basis of a star that appeared in the heavens, you make a trek that takes months to accomplish. Not only do you make the trip, but you bring gifts They brought some gifts, and these were wise men. They were not poor. They brought some rich gifts. So you are traveling across a great area with expensive gifts, with no police force anywhere. (laughs) But I want to take a look at this for a moment, because there's a lot of speculation. What is the star, and how many of you can ever, how can you follow a star? Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have seen, it's past tense, the star had appeared. They knew once the star made its appearance, they were to make this trek. They weren't following the star. They knew that once it appeared, they were to make this trek. But later on, they are going to follow it. So how do they follow the star? We'll get to that in a little bit. We'll wait till we cover that part. For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now this, we have seen his star in the east could be interpreted a couple of different ways. One, this phrase is actually used of the morning star. Now what is the morning star? Anybody know? Venus. Brightest star in the sky. And before the sun completely goes down, or even in the morning, as the sun begins to come up, It's the first thing visible, and it's the last thing visible because it's the brightest object in the sky. And because of it, it can outshine all the other stars that you can see this star even when you can't see the others, except for one thing, it's not a star. It's a planet. Now, for the novice person looking up at the sky, you can easily tell a star from a planet without a telescope. You probably learned this in grade school. Stars twinkle. Planets don't. Stars twinkle. If you see the dim light, dim light, that's a star. 
If you see light and just stay steady, it's a planet. It's a difference. Venus doesn't go light, dark, light, dark. It just stays the same way. Now, these folks are not novices in the area of astronomy. They watch the stars constantly. And they know the difference between a planet and a star. So we do not have novices calling something a star. We have experts calling something a star, which would mean what? It's not a planet. This has the properties of a star. Because they only know of two things in the, well, they know of three things. There's comets, there's stars, there's planets. They know it's not a planet. They call it a star. We have seen his star, or we have seen the morning star, and we have come to worship him. Now, how do stars move? Well, technically, they're all moving, but when we're here on earth, they really don't move at all. They're moving, but we can't see them moving. But if you look up in the sky, how many have ever taken pictures? In the, if, if you have a camera, a good camera, they have a setting on that camera. It's labeled as B. Anybody ever seen that? Have a camera has it labeled B? You ever wonder what that is? If you don't know what that is, I'm going to tell you what that is right now. That B stands for bulb. That's what it stands for. It, says, it stands for bulb. When you put your camera in the B mode, what it does is it engages the shutter, opens it up, and leaves it there. And so what you can do is you can point your camera to the sky, put it in B, hit the button, and you can let it expose for one minute, two minutes, three minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, however long you want. And if you've seen those great-looking pictures where you see the stars just as streaks along the sky, someone took their camera, they put it in B mode, and they left it open for a long period of time so that all you could see is those stars moving across the sky and making streaks on the photograph. And that's what you see. But you see, they always move in the same direction. They always move in the same direction. They come up from the west. They rise up overhead, and then they come down over in the east. Come up over in the west. Go down over in the east. And the next day, they come up over the west. They go down over the east. They go in the same direction every day because the earth is spinning in the same direction every day. Now, here's another way that you can look at this, this phrase. We have seen his star in the east. Most times we read that, we think we were in the east and we saw his star. But how many of you would call where you are right now east? How many of you would call where you are right now west? No. I call where I am right now here. You're west or you're east, but I'm here. Isn't that right? <laughs> I don't refer to myself as being in the east. I'm here. You might be in the east or you might be in the west. But I'm here. Isn't that how we talk about ourselves? All right. Here's another way to look at this, this phraseology. And this might give us an indication as to what is it that they're actually seeing. Because a lot of speculation has been, we've been on this before, we've looked at some of the occurrences that have occurred in the stars. Jupiter has uh, played uh, a little uh, uh, dance around with Saturn. It's played a little dance around with the moon. It's, played, it's, it's done these, these double planet settings, which makes them look a lot bigger and a lot brighter. That happened in 7 B.C., that happened in 6 B.C., that happened in 3 B.C., it happened in 2 B.C. 
What we do know is that Jesus Christ was not born in 0 B.C. Got the calendar wrong. He actually was born a few years before the birth of Christ. Figure that out. <laughs> now that he's got the calendar wrong by a few years, they corrected it. And that's uh, where some of those things come from that are off. They tried to date it according to the Jesus birth. But if you watch the stars on a continual basis, and every time you watch the stars, you see them rise or come from the westerly direction, come up overhead, and then set down in the eastward direction, and then come over the westerly direction, come up into the sky, and then come down over in the eastward direction. And you watch this for years and years and decades and centuries. And every time you go out there to see it, they rise in the westerly direction, come up overhead, and they set in the easterly direction. What would happen if all of a sudden something came up in the east? Would that catch your attention? (laughs) If you were someone who watched the stars on a continual basis, and something all of a sudden went out of pattern, and came up in the east instead of in the west. Came up in the east and was going in a different direction than all the other stars. Would that get your attention? For we have seen his star in the east, not in the west. We saw his star in the east. That's east of them where they are. We're here. It came up in the east. We're used to the things coming up in the west. But this one didn't. It came up in the east. And it got our attention. Now, if you saw a double planetary phenomena, would that get you to pack up all your stuff and make a couple of months trek with all a bunch of expensive gifts? Or would you, would you make this trek... If you saw a star rise out of a direction stars do not rise, perform in a way that stars do not perform, and move in a direction that stars do not move, now what would cause a star to rise in the east instead of in the west and to go in a different direction than the rest of the stars? Well, you see, all the rest of the stars are not set according to the earth. All the rest of the stars are set in the universe of which the earth is part. But if it's his star, it's here to mark something on the earth, not in the universe. So if you have a star that comes up to mark something on the earth, not in the universe, it would probably be a lot closer to the earth and not so far out in the universe. Wouldn't that be possible? Certainly it would be at least possible for that to be the, current, be, the, be the case. We have seen his star in the east and have come to worship. We haven't even seen him. We've only heard about this guy for the past couple hundred years. We know he's coming. See, whatever this event was, no one apparently in Israel knows about it. No one's looking for this star. This star went on without them noticing. But not these guys. Now, when you're out there in the, watching the stars, I have a granddaughter who loves stars. When it's warmer out, even when it's cold, she'll do this, but when it's warmer out, her favorite thing is, Pop up, can we go out in your truck? 
and we put the back of the truck down and we sit on the truck and we look up at the stars and we grab my phone because my phone has a little app on it that shows us all the things that are in the sky. And it calls them out. Planets and the constellations and she loves to see the constellations and see the... the you, you can't see them otherwise. I, I don't know how they figured out these things, but... <laughs> we sit out there and we, we watch. She loves watching these things. But she can tell the difference between a plane and a star. She'll point out that's a plane. Now, how do you tell the difference between a plane and a star? The way it's moving. Because that plane is moving, and the stars are not. We're not seeing the stars move. The plane's moving. But the lights in the plane are about as big as the star, aren't they? Even though they're a lot closer. Just because something is close by doesn't mean it has to be bigger than the stars. We've got to go on. We can find out what this is here. Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, this makes sense. Why not come to the land of where he's supposed to be born? Come to the king. Certainly the king should know when a king is born in his country. We don't have to do anything else. We just need to go there. We'll say who we are. And they'll be hospitable and show us the new king. Except King Herod is a very jealous king and very skittish. And at this point in his reign, he's killing a lot of people. In fact, relatives he's killed. Wives, sons, he's killed them. He's uh, kind of going crazy. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. When you get a crazy man troubled, you are in trouble. <laughs> and all Jerusalem with him. Well, certainly if your king is troubled, he's already nuts. This is not good. And when he had gathered all the chief priests, the scribes, and the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of, Judea, of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Now this is amazing. You pull the, all these higher-ups into the room who are looking for Messiah to come. They want Messiah to come. They are longing for Messiah to come. And the king, Herod, who's nuts, Brings him into the room and says, where is this king going to be born? Now, he's already killed wives, sons, higher-ups in the kingdom. Just killed them, wiped them out. I don't think they'd be too forthcoming with that information. I don't think they would just gush that information out. So somehow, some pressure must have been used to get them to give up this. And they said, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but Jew Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Of course, he's not trying to worship him. What's he want to try and do? We're going to wipe him out. We're going to kill him too. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them. Now, how can a star, have you ever, I'm sure you've thought about this, how does a star go before people? Go out there tonight and try and follow one of the stars. Pick the brightest star you want, go out there and try and follow that star. Where's it going to lead you? Pretty much nowhere, folks, because that star is not moving toward any object on earth. That star is staying in its spot and the earth is moving, causing us to see over a long period of time 
that that star would move. But you cannot follow that. But that's not what it says here. And behold, the star which they what? Had seen in the east went before them. Now, again, we're dealing with star experts. These are guys who know the stars. If they had seen the star before, and they're saying that they see that star again now, how many of you can pretty much verify it's the same star? It's the, it's the same star. Somehow that same star that made an appearance in the sky, possibly going in a different direction than all the other stars, and got their attention so that they made this trek without the star. The star just made the appearance of them to announce that this was happening now. And they get there, and they don't know where to go. And after they go to Herod, the star appears again. But now they're able to follow the star. So how could that be? The star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the child was. When was the last time you saw a star come and stand over your house? In fact, folks, if a star did come and stand over your house, you would not be in that house anymore. There would be a whole lot of trouble going on with that. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. So they saw this star, made its appearance, they called it a star. Then they saw it make another appearance. But then something happened with this star that they were able to follow the star. They weren't able to follow the star before. They were only knew it was there. But now something happened that they were able to follow the star. So what happened that they're now able to follow the star? Well, we go through the Word of God because the Word of God is the best commentary on the Word of God. What event in the, in the heavens did people actually follow? Think on this, because there is an event in the, in the Bible that people actually followed. This event took place in the heavens. This event got the attention of people, and people followed it. The group of people that this happened for was for the Israelites. And the event was a pillar of fire, also known as the Shekinah glory. The Shekinah glory of God came down and rested over Israel. And by day it was a cloud, and by night it was a fire. And when the pillar of fire or the cloud moved, what did the people do? They followed it because this was an event that happened in the heavens that people on the earth could follow. Now, if you took that Shekinah glory and you put that up in the sky, far up in the sky, and it came up, not because it's in the universe, but because it's on the earth to symbolize something. And you took that Shekinah glory up in the sky how big would it appear? As big as God wanted it to appear. And he could make it look just like a star. Except this star was not moving in the sky because the earth was moving. This star is moving in the sky 
because God wants it to move in the sky. And he can have it go in any direction that he wants. And if he wants that star to rise in the east instead of the west, he can have it rise in the east instead of the west. If he wants that star to go from east to west or from east to north or from east to south, he can do that because that's his glory. Instead of going from west to east, which is just the movement of the earth. And that would get attention of some stargazers because this star, I know we've never seen this star. I know we have never seen, because no star moves this way. And if that were to happen, that would get somebody's attention. And if I was a wise man looking for an event in this heavens, that would get my attention. For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Hmm. If after they left Herod, the Shekinah glory again appeared up in the sky. And again, it's bright. It can outshine anything out there. And it can appear at any time during the day or night. And they saw that star. And then that star began to move and become, come lower and lower and lower. And they made their way over to where the star was. But as they got there, it became something they never saw before. They don't know what the Shekinah glory is. They don't know what a pillar of fire is. But they saw it, and it was a star. But then it began to move down to the earth. And it became what Israel knows as the pillar of fire. And they followed the pillar of fire just like Israel followed the pillar of fire. Until the pillar of fire came and rested over the house where Jesus was. Can the Shekinah glory, the pillar of fire that led Israel, can that rest over a house? Can you think of any better house for the Shekinah glory to rest over top of than the house where Jesus is at? This Shekinah glory would come down, rest over the house. And they'd say, this is it. This is where it is. Now, an event, if an event like that happened, don't you think it would cause a stir in Israel? Don't you think that King Herod would see that pillar of fire? Don't you think he would never have to ask anybody where the wise men went? Because an event like the pillar of fire coming down upon a house, that's never happened. And it only happened after these wise men came and asked about where Jesus was. Except, do you remember in the Old Testament, we just read it a little while ago, that when the pillar of fire came down upon Israel, that for them it was light, and for the Egyptians it was darkness. That same pillar was to one side light, and to another side darkness. If that same pillar in the Old Testament could be to one group light, into another group, darkness, and bring confusion. Could not God take that Shekinah glory and bring it down over top of the house so that only those he was leading could see it? And no one else, not even the neighbors, could see this Shekinah glory that had come to rest upon the house. Only the wise men who came to follow it. Would that not make sense that our God can do that? 
since he's done it in the Old Testament with a pillar of fire and the cloud of darkness for the nation of Egypt. And once it marked where they needed to go, its job was done. And they came on in. And they greatly rejoiced. And stood over where the young child was. In verse 10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they came into the what? They didn't come into the manger? No, because he's not at the manger. We're not at the manger anymore. Now, here's, a, here's an event. We're not really sure quite how this all went because we're not given all the details of this. But uh, Herod, when he goes out here and he's going to kill all the babies, make sure he got the right one. He starts at two years old and, and under. He's, he's not thinking that the child is two. He just wants to make sure he gets them all. I would say that probably the child was around a year or less. But he wants to go with something. Because it's, it's a couple of months journey. It's not a year journey from where they are to get over where, where they need to get to. But it is a few months. Especially with all the things that they want to bring. And then once they saw it, they had to start making preparations to go. They could have been there with the child in less than a year. Easily. Because they asked him, so when did this happen? And they would have told him, now Herod wants to make sure he gets this baby. He doesn't care how many he kills. He cares that he gets the baby. He doesn't think that it's two years old. He thinks it's less than that. But we're going to make sure we get them. So we're bracketing, making sure that we get all of them. But they came to the house. Now after the baby was born, was born in a manger. And we're told that after her days of purification were up, they took him to the temple. And then they went on home to Nazareth and so forth, and the, the things were there. Why did they have to come to Bethlehem? Does anyone remember that? Because of the census? And when you took the census, what town was it that you had to go to? The town of your boat. Let's just call it this way. Your hometown. Joseph had to go home. When you go to your hometown, do you know people there? Do you know people who have houses? And if you know people in your hometown and they have houses and you're stuck, what do you do? Now, this could happen a couple of different ways. One, they could have gone back home to Nazareth and they could have had a conversation. He said, you know what? I kind of like down there in Bethlehem. Let's head on back down to Bethlehem. I think we can make a living down there. I know, uh, you know my uncle, he's got a place. We can stay there for a little while till we get our feet on the ground. Because that's never happened, right? With relatives. You get that call. Uncle Joe, can we come and stay at your house for a little while? Mm-hmm. We're going to start a new business. We're going to you know, make some money. We're going to get a house on our own. But in the meantime, can we stay at your house? What would Uncle Joe say? Little Joe wants to come on over here and be with us. What do you think? What's his wife going to say? Oh, honey, that's just special. <laughs> that's so great. Tell him, come on. We got room. We got, we got a baby. Oh, yeah. Bring the baby. So Uncle Joe brings little Joe. Mary, baby, all coming over to the house. They're at the house. This is probably not their house. This is probably a relative's house because this is Joseph's hometown. So whether it was before they made the trip to Nazareth or was after, it doesn't make any difference. They're not at the manger. They're at the house. And at this house, doesn't matter whose house it is, 
It just matters who's inside the house. And who's inside is Jesus. So the Shekinah glory comes and sets over top of the house, marks the house. This is it. Maybe no one else sees it except for the wise men who are following it. But here's this Shekinah glory coming on and marks the house. They come over and they worship him. Now, if they hadn't seen the Shekinah glory, they certainly saw the wise men. So I want you to put yourself in, a, in your position here. You've got Uncle Joe, who's just had little Joe, his wife Mary, baby Jesus. They're all coming to stay in there. Everything is fine. Then all of a sudden, all this commotion comes on. How many of your neighbors like it when you bring a lot of commotion? Now, you know, we do a church picnic every year at our house. That's a lot of commotion. Our neighbors got used to it. They know to expect it. <laughs> if it did bother them, we wouldn't care. But it doesn't bother them. They say, they come and, oh, that's great. They come. They're all glad when they, they hear it. They, they don't care that, you know, they have no place to park cars for a while. <laughs> that's all right. We're all good folks and we don't make too much noise and we have a good time. But, you know, there's commotion. But you are good folks when you come on out. Now, there was a time um, I was coming down here to church. You all know I come down to church pretty early in the morning. And there's one time, I don't remember what was going on. There was some kind of a, I think it was some kind of a holiday. But um, I, was, I came out of my house. It's dark. Because most people are not up at this hour. They're not. I came out of my house. I heard voices. I don't hear voices when I come out of the house. <laughs> 2.30 in the morning. There aren't too many voices that are going on around. I mean, we're not talking. If I'm hearing voices, they're loud voices. I'm looking around. I don't see much going on. But I hear them, and they're getting louder. And I hear shouting voices. So, you know, first thing, you're getting a little concerned. Is someone being robbed? Is something going on in one of these houses? And, well, then you hear laughter and other kind of stuff going. So I said, all right, well, it's nothing like that. So I just uh, got all my stuff ready, got in the car, and I decided to go out the neighborhood a different way. I'm going to go by that area where that sound is coming from. So I went on around, came on through the whole thing, and, and past the house, it is all lit up. Every house, every light in the house is on. People walking around on the outside. Obviously, there was a very late night party going on. And these guys are not quiet at all for their neighbors. Now, that is not very nice. And I think they would hear about it the next day. If I lived right next to them and at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, these folks are still carrying on making... Mm. But here we got, now, there's not a whole lot happens in this little neighborhood right here. We've never had stuff like this. Big Joe, we've never had a party with all these wise men, with all these camels, all these gifts. I mean, all these, all these soldiers. That is a lot of stuff going on. That's a whole lot of stuff. All the, you're bringing, why are you bringing all this stuff into our little neighborhood here? They may not like that a whole lot. But here they all come. Now, every single person in that neighborhood knows what's going on. They know what's going on. We got little Joe, big Joe's house. And they all came for this baby. And they brought stuff. Because there's no way that you're not seeing this. So every neighbor in the in around this house saw this event. They may not have seen the Shekinah glory come and rest over the house. That may have freaked them out a little bit. They may not have seen that, and God certainly could have uh, made it so that they didn't see it. But they certainly saw the wise men. They certainly saw the entourage. Because if you're going to travel across the desert, across the wilderness, 
with all those expensive gifts, you are not coming alone. You've got your own little army to hold off whoever wants to try and rob you of those gifts. So all these folks come ushering into this little town and they begin to make their presentation and they begin to worship this baby. Why are they worshiping this baby? Don't you know everybody came out of where they were at? Nobody's in the house. Everybody is around Big Joe's house. Seeing little Joe and Mary with the baby and these wise men dressed in ways we've never seen people dressed like this. But they're obviously nice clothes. Worshiping this baby. Would that make an impression on you? From that point on, would Jesus have a normal childbirth or child life? I wouldn't. This is, this is the kid that they came from way back east. Way out east. They came and they didn't just come and bring gifts. They came and they worshipped him. Worshipped him. They said they followed some cloud. Some bright light. Some star. And it led them right here to this house. From way out there. They were very glad. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with his Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Gold. Gold is a gift you give to kings. Frankincense. This is incense. This is something that you use for a priest or for deity. And myrrh. This is something you use for burial. These guys did not just grab three gifts. They knew what Messiah was going to do. Because Daniel had told them the prophecies of the Old Testament. They had all the prophecies of the Old Testament. They knew how he was to come in and how he was to be the sacrifice for the people. They knew he was God. They knew he was deity. They knew he was going to be king. And they knew that he would die. And so when they set out to bring their gifts, they brought the gifts that they knew he would need. Now, I'm just going to refer to this, but you remember when Jesus was brought into the temple to be dedicated? Because what you had to do was you had to buy back the firstborn sons. Because up until the tribe of Levi was selected, the firstborn sons were gods, and they went into the priestly service. But once Levi was picked, then you had the option you could buy back your firstborn son. And they, they said if you were poor, instead of bringing a lamb, you could bring a couple of turtle doves. Do you know what Joseph and Mary brought? A couple of turtle doves. You know why? Because they were poor. Then somebody came and they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh in abundance. In abundance. They brought enough for this to be a gift for a king. Because that's who they're expecting to see. And they know how to honor a king. You don't honor a king with a $10 Wendy's gift card. They know how to honor a king. So they brought him gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and not a little bit of it, a lot. So what we do know is that Jesus was dedicated before the wise men came because they are no longer poor. So this is what Jesus said, or what God said in the plan. He says, we're going to send Jesus to a family. And they're going to take care of this family. And you know what? Once they, they, they get Jesus, they're going to need some funds. We're going to send them some funds. 
In fact, we're not going to send them the normal way. We're going to call for some folks out east. And they're going to come in big fanfare. And they're going to bring all this stuff and just plant it right here for them. And they're going to have enough to take care of all their needs. And when Jesus goes into ministry, he's got his ministry already financed. Got it all taken care of. If you'll notice, in the Word of God, we have Jesus watching the offerings in the temple, but never offerings to his own ministry. Not saying he didn't take any offerings. But the only ones that are mentioned are the ones in the temple. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. In other words, they said, Google, reroute. Went home a different way. And go home the same way. If you were one of the neighbors and you saw all this fanfare for this little baby and being a Jewish person and being taught in the synagogues, you had the expectation that Messiah was coming. And Messiah is coming soon. Because of Daniel's prophecy, you knew that very shortly he should come. The years are counting down. He should be here. And you saw all this event go on. Would you not think people from the east coming and worshiping this baby and bringing all these gifts, maybe Messiah has come. And then after all this, Joseph is warned in a dream, get out and go down to Egypt. They went down to Egypt, stayed there for a little while. When they came back, he said, don't go back there. Go back someplace else. So they went over to Galilee and they made their home there. But all those people who saw this event and they, a few years later when they saw Jesus and his ministry, don't you think they could have done the math? Jesus is about 30 years old. You know, about 30 years ago, we saw this entourage come from the east and they brought all these gifts and they began to worship this baby and they called him the king of the Jews. Maybe this is the same guy. Maybe they could have come to ask Jesus, is Jesus, where were you born? What do you think Jesus would have said? Well, I was born in Bethlehem. That would have gotten their attention. How many people were around Jesus' neighborhood, saw this entourage of wise men come in, saw all the parade of gifts, saw all the worship, saw all this thing going on, and were at the cross at Pilate's house saying, crucify him, crucify him. How many people would have been there? Now think of it this way. Think of it as the young kid that's over there. He's asking dad, dad, why'd they bring him gold? Well, gold you usually bring for a king. Dad, why'd they bring him frankincense? Well, frankincense you usually bring for a priest or for deity. Dad, why'd they bring myrrh? Well, myrrh they bring because they get ready for someone to die. Oh. They would have asked they would have had this information. If they would have thought, the wise men brought gifts for a king, brought gifts for a priest, they brought gifts for one who was going to die. Should that not have had an effect on them? We've had events happen in our past. We've had things happen in our life. God has had things happen around us. And it has shown us that God is real, that his plan is unfolding. And that you can either be a part of it or you can stand on by the side. 
It's up to you. It's up to your choice. These folks that were neighbors around this house where Jesus was when the Shekinah glory or whatever it was came down upon that place and marked it for the wise men. And the wise men came and they brought all these gifts and made this outward demonstration to everyone around there that this is the king who is called Messiah. And how soon did they forget? How soon were their lives no longer affected by this incredible event? How soon was it that they didn't even remember what happened when Jesus was a baby in Bethlehem? Did not even remember what happened when Jesus was walking on their streets and healing their sick, teaching in their synagogues, feeding the 5,000, creating miracles and miracles and miracles. And yet, they doubt it. Today, tomorrow, folks, you're going to be amongst people that at one time had contact with the things of God, at one time saw the hand of God working, at one time saw things happen in their life or the lives of other people, and have walked away from those things. You're going to have an opportunity to minister to them. They've had wise men experiences in their life at some point. Some people who came along and proclaimed it in the truth of the gospel. Proclaimed it in the truth, gave them evidence like they hadn't seen, and they have forgotten. Tomorrow, listen to the voice of God and do everything you can to help remind them. Because these people can go off in their own direction and not follow what God has shown them. But there will be consequences. And we'd rather them not have the consequences. We'd rather them go in to the next kingdom and know who their Savior is and live this life in such a way that they can go into the next kingdom because God wants them there. You want them there. Let's make it happen. Would you all stand up with me? Glory to God. Father, we don't know all the events that happened around the wise men. Some things we do piece some things together. But we do know that this was one unforgettable event for all those people who experienced it. For all those people who saw this great entourage come into the land of Israel and go up to Herod's castle and talk with him and leave there, head out for Bethlehem and come to a house and bring gifts and worship this small child people would have had to ask, why do such great men from such a far country come all this way to bring their gifts and their worship to such a small child? What is it that they know? What is it that they know? Father, we are grateful that we have come to know knowledge of Jesus Christ, the work of the cross, salvation, that has been prepared for us, that Messiah came on this, to this earth, born to be a man, that he might redeem man. What a sacrifice. To go from being God to being man, and to live the life of a man, and yet without sin so that he could be a sacrifice, that he would die on the cross for our sin, not for his own, but for ours. 
We are grateful, Father. We have come to the knowledge of that salvation. It's not by our great acts of sinlessness, mercy, kindness. It's by our belief that what Jesus did on the cross for us has his work to make us sinless and pure before him. Give you the glory and the honor for it. Every head bow with no one looking around. Be here tonight. Have you not made that decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? Or if you have made that decision, but you've walked away from it and you need to walk back to it, we'd like to pray for you to do that tonight. If either case is, is true with you, but you've never come to a knowledge of the saving mercy of Jesus Christ, or you did and you walked away, and right now I want to come back. Raise your hand up. We want to pray for you. Thank you, Father. Father, we give you the glory and the praise. I thank you for the gift of salvation. It's the gift that we receive. It costs you everything. But you give it to us. Father, we thank you. For such a great gift. Tomorrow, as we give gifts to those that we are seeing family members, loved ones, friends. We're giving them a gift that cost us something. And they will receive it freely. This will happen hundreds, thousands, millions of times tomorrow. And it's the same thing. A gift that costs us nothing. We receive. And it changes everything. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we go here tonight, we're going to do with a candlelight portion of our service. Ask our ushers if they'll distribute our candles. And I believe we need a lighter. Alexis, if you will open up that cabinet, that side, yep. You'll see on the second shelf there should be two lighters. We just need one of them. Big, uh, big blue ones. All right. Pass them out to our ushers there. Great. Thank you. We do the candlelight portion of this because just as the light of the gospel is spread one to another to another and we go from a place of darkness to a place of light. We symbolize that here tonight. If you have young ones that are holding these, please watch them. Do not tip them and get the wax to go onto the chairs because it is very difficult to get the wax out of the chairs. It's very easy to get the wax off the plastic. Very difficult to get the wax out of the carpet in the chairs. Hold them straight. Let the candle holder do its thing. We'll have the words for the songs up here on the screen for you to sing. But most of you may already know them. All right, ushers, come on up. We're going to bring our ushers up, and each one of them is going to go down to a row. And then as you get your candle lit, like the ones of the people next to you.